Thank you, Pastor Andrew. Good morning, everybody. It's just great to be here at Greater Life Church today. Exciting to see all the things that God is doing among you and, and to rejoice with uh, your pastor and Kelly and their leadership uh, here. God has just uh, used them and used the team here to just do amazing things for the Lord. Uh, yeah, uh, he and Kevin grew up together. Uh, we won't talk about the time they spent in jail. No, no, we didn't know what happened. Kitty jail. They were in kitty jail. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, it's amazing how God can uh, take kids like my son and Steve Bird's son and do great things with it. My son Kevin's in South Florida in ministry. But uh, God, by His grace, uh, is able to take uh, what we give to Him and do great things with it. Thank you, both of you. <laughs> you look pretty good today. You clean up well. But here's what I know. If it weren't for God's grace, some of you wouldn't be alive right now. If it weren't for God's mercy, some of you wouldn't have a house. You wouldn't have a car. You wouldn't have a truck. You wouldn't have anything if it weren't for God's grace. So if God never does another thing for you for the rest of your life, sir, he is worthy of praise and honor rejoicing from your lips for the rest of your life. Can somebody say amen to that? Yeah. This theme of the Spirit-filled church is one that I'm excited about uh, sharing uh, in with Pastor Bird uh, through this month of, uh, of May. What is a Spirit-filled church? A Spirit-filled church is where there's vital life and vital signs of Spirit-fullness. A Spirit-filled church is a nucleus of Spirit-filled people that keep growing and expanding, not people who have been filled with the Spirit, but people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a Spirit-filled church. In the New Testament, we read in Acts chapter 2 about that church was, that was born in the fullness of the Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 4, we, we read about that, that church. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one place, in one accord. I told the service uh, earlier that the miracle of Pentecost wasn't speaking in tongues. The miracle of Pentecost was 120 people in one mind in one accord. If God can ever get 120 people to agree and hunger and thirst after righteousness, the Holy Spirit's going to show up every time. And there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there were appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That day the church, the New Testament church, was born. We are here today because 120 people gathered together for the promise that Jesus had given to them. What was the promise? Jesus said, I'm going back to heaven with my Father, but it's good for you that I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to guide you. He's going to teach you. He's going to reveal me to you, and He's going to walk with you 24-7. Now, that's something that had never happened before. And so what Jesus is saying to those disciples is something incredible. And so they're here in Acts chapter 2, and they're, 
experiencing everything that had been promised and prophesied. In the early church, they begin to function and do the things that, that had never happened before. God used this church to change the world. In fact, God so empowered this church and used this church that when Constantine came to power in the Roman world in the fourth century, he declared the world Christian. This infant church, 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost, that's already too big a church for some of you. But 3,000 people launched this, and we are the recipients of it today. They were people of fellowship. They, they functioned as people that, that loved one another because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. They, they were growing in the apostles' doctrine. They were sharing their faith with others. The Lord was adding to the church daily people being saved. And the result was that, that, that it was powerful because people were being added to the kingdom of God. And when we come to Acts chapter 4, we see another outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened in the lives of this church. Some of them that were there in Acts chapter 2, they encountered uh, a culture that was uh, anti-God. By the way, the two things that that church faced was religious persecution. How many know religious people will kill you? Ask Jesus. You know, religious people are people who forgot the hole God dug them out of. That's why I, I, I finished my 13th interim pastorate this past fall, and we, we did everything we could to pray religion right out the back door of our church. Because religious people are people who, who are judgmental of everybody else in the world. You know why? Because they forgot God's grace in their own lives. That's why uh, it may be good sometime, pastor, the people who've been saved for 30 years or longer like me, you know, need to have them write on a three-by-five card their testimony of what Jesus did to change their lives. Because it's easy to forget when you start judging everybody else in the world. But when you remember where you came from, the judgment stops. The mic is not on. I said the judgment stops when you realize where you came from. The second thing they faced was a hostile Roman government. Let's just get this clear this morning. I don't care who's in the White House. I don't care who's in the State House. Jesus is still going to build his church. He's building it in China. He's building it in India today. He's building it in Russia today. The Lord never needed a government in his favor to do what he, he called us to do. Church, it's time to understand that what Jesus wants to do in the United States of America is see a group of people that will rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit and refuse to be intimidated by our world system. I don't know about you, but I, I'm tired of living in fear. I'm tired of living negatively. You know, I grew up in my daddy's church, and, and we sang this song all the time, you know, Hold the Fort. It was a group of Christians huddled inside of a church building praying that Jesus would come get us out of the mess they were in. That's not the church Jesus is building. 
Read your word. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against that church. It's not hell coming against the church. It's the church coming against hell. Here's what Jesus said. I'll build my church in the power of the Spirit, and hell will not be able to withstand the onward march of that church taking back what belongs to it. Is anybody here ready? You know, I, Pastor, Pastor Andrew, I, I'm excited about the day that students that are part of Greater Life Church will walk into the high schools in Mecklenburg County and the devil gets worried. I said, and the devil gets worried. You know why? Because kids, students filled with the Holy Spirit just walked on campus. See, that's the church Jesus is building. It's not people that are huddled up in a corner somewhere. It's people who are rising up in the power of the Holy Spirit to storm the gates of hell and be the church. You can't be salt and light in this building. You've got to get out there. I'm not afraid of the devil. How about you? He's already been defeated. Read, I read that somewhere. When Jesus went into that pit called a grave, we celebrated it three or four weeks ago. But you know, Easter's every Sunday. Well, it is in my life. When Jesus went into that borrowed tomb, he went to the pit of hell. He didn't lay there for three days. He went to the pit of hell and started, and started taking care of business. And he took from Satan the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he triumphed three days later with the keys. And he said, I'm going to give these keys to my church. What you bind on earth, I'm going to bind in heaven. What you release on earth, I'm going to release in heaven. See, that's what a spirit-filled church is about. And as we discover the power of the Holy Spirit that was birthed on the day of Pentecost, we begin to understand all that God desires to do in, in His church. A Spirit-filled church, not just people who have it as a doctrine, but people who are being filled with the Spirit on a continuing basis. I mean, you hang out in Charlotte long enough, you, you mean the Spirit in your life starts leaking. That's why you've got to get filled all over again. Because there's stuff happening all around us that can get us sidetracked if we're not careful. And so, a Spirit-filled church is one that loves people. A Spirit-filled church reaches the lost. A Spirit-filled church are people who are growing in Christ, people who know who they are. And if your Spirit-filled life has become a road affair, you love Jesus, you're sound-minded, you're devoted to the Lord, but you pretty much have settled down. I want to ask you, are you really filled with the Holy Spirit right now? I don't care how long you've been saved. Are you really filled with the Holy Spirit right now? Somebody asked me at the, at the end of the first service, boy, you, you're all excited. I said, yeah, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm older than dirt, and I just got started. Come on, some of you gray hairs. It's time to get started. 
You, never, you can't retire from the work of God, just so you know. You can retire from doing dishes. You can retire from cooking. You can retire from whatever company you work for, but you cannot retire from the work of God. As long as you have life, as long as you have breath, there's something to do for Jesus. I know you don't have these kind of meetings here at Greater Life, but a lot of churches have these monthly potlucks for seniors. Where seniors come and eat together. I know what happens in those potluck lunches. People are talking about their latest surgeries. <laughs> what medications they're on. Oh, honey, they took me off that blood pressure medication. You need to call your doctor. See, those are the conversations that happen at senior potluck lunches. When you get through enjoying the potluck lunch, then we, then we still got to do something for Jesus. Spirit-filled people can't help themselves. They got to do something for God. And a spirit-filled church is a church like that that's on fire for God. The day of Pentecost, it all began. When we see some of the terminology that was used, it's so powerful. Uh, the first thing I want you to see in Acts chapter 1, verse 5. The term is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. There's a distinction being made from water baptism. John says, I'm going to baptize you in water. And by the way, if you haven't been baptized in water, you need to get baptized. That's not a suggestion from God. It's a command. Repent and be baptized. John says, I'm going to baptize you with water, but he is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Separate and distinct from water baptism. Baptize. Behold, there comes one after me that's mightier than I. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So he makes that critical distinction. The word baptizo is a very important word. It's interesting in its uh, Greek usage. It's a picture here of, of what the Lord wants us to do to all of us. The, this word is used for the dyeing of a garment. When a garment of one color is taken and placed in a vat or a basin, and it, it's immersed, and it takes on a completely different color than what it was. That's the word that was used here for baptizo. Baptizo is also used as if a, a ship is sunk. There wasn't any question about a ship being in the water, but now the water is also in the ship. The ship is immersed. The word was used for the dipping of a morsel in wine. And I want to say today, Lord, that's what I want you to do to me. Take me, Lord, and dunk me in the wine of your Holy Spirit. Lord, if there's anything of the past, of patterns of my life that need to disappear, then immerse me and die it out so it can't be seen. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That word is also used of a drowned person. The word baptism is the reference there. And so what the Lord is saying, I want to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I want to hold you down and under until the garment changes color. I want to drench you in my Holy Spirit so that the pen, it penetrates the fabric of your life. It penetrates you. You need to go down until the ship is sunk. 
The old man is drowned until the dye has penetrated the, fa the fabric. I'm talking about being a spirit-filled person, about getting drenched thoroughly in the Holy Spirit. Because the Lord is a giver, when He finds anybody who asks, the Lord will fill people with His Spirit, and the Lord wants to penetrate our lives. It's not just some experience you have. It's a matter of the Holy Spirit completely immersing you in himself. I am the, a man who has three fathers. My first father's name is Adam. Some of you know Adam, because he's your father too. Parents with new babies are working to see whose name that baby's going to say first. Dada, Mama, and so parents are there, at, you know, there with, with a stroller looking at that baby, Dada, say Dada, because it matters whose name is first, <laughs> at least in some places. Let me just help you with this. The first words out of that baby's mouth is not going to be Dada or Mama. The first words out of that baby's health, uh, uh, mouth is going to be Mine. You know why? Because there's Adam in that baby. Mine. That's the spirit of Adam. We're all born with that rebellious spirit. And babies are covered by the blood of Jesus until they're able to come to that point of making their own decision. But until then, it's, you know, we've got a lot of Adam here. The Bible says, in Adam all die. But in Christ, we're all made alive. So, my first dad is Adam. My second father is Selby McManus. Selby McManus was a great man. He, he and uh, Pastor Bird's dad were friends and uh, great men of God. But you know, there's stuff in Selby that a little, little, little off. As wonderful a man as he was, a pastor he was. You know, there's some characteristics that Selby has that I don't want. And if you want to really make me upset, my family members know what to do. They, if they really want to tick me off, here's what they say. You're acting like your dad. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Don't sit there so pious. You know what I'm talking about. Because they're characteristics of Selby in me. The older I get, the more I tend to look like Selby. The more I have mannerisms of Selby. It's just horrible. But it's okay. Because... I have those characteristics of Selby. But there came the moment when I experienced another birth. It wasn't from Mary and Selby in New Orleans, Louisiana at Lakeshore Hospital. I was born again by the Spirit of God. And Jesus came to live in my life. You didn't get half of Jesus, three quarters of Jesus. When you got saved, you got all of Jesus. See, what the Holy Spirit's involved in is trying to get you to the point where Jesus gets all of you. You already got all of him. Now the journey is for him to get all of you because there's a little bit of Adam still jumps out at times. This little bit of Selby jumps out at times. But I'm grateful there's another seed in me. It's the seed of Father God. And he says, you're going to be holy because I am, and I am your father. 
what's the work of the Holy Spirit about? He says, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to hold you under until Adam dies. I'm going to hold you down until Selby is gone because what I want left is me in you filled with the Spirit of God to change your world. Come on, somebody give God praise. And I want to ask you today to say, Lord, penetrate the fabric until the color changes. Hold me under until all that garbage from my past is no longer in my head. Lord, those things that were said about me, just clean them out of my life. Penetrate the fabric of my life. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Are there any candidates today? Secondly, another term used for the infilling of the Spirit is Acts chapter 1 verse 8, where the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Here's what Acts 1 and 8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the, and the other most parts of the earth, to the end of the earth. You see, what, what the, uh, the Word is talking about here is enablement, ability. To be baptized in the Spirit means that our personality our flesh has been penetrated by the power of the Holy Spirit so that, that Adam doesn't rule anymore and Selby doesn't rule anymore, but Jesus rules. Secondly, the, the Lord says, I want the Holy Spirit to come upon you. I want to fill you with my Spirit to give you ability to enable you to do the things of God, to do the works of the kingdom. You think this sermon is bad? You ought to hear it if God wasn't helping me. Aren't you grateful today that you can be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that gives you ability to do things you can't do? Somebody came up to me after our service and said, you know, Pastor Ron, I've, I've tried to live for God, and I've just, you know, I've tried for a long time. I, I, just, I just need to acknowledge I just can't do this. And I said, wonderful. Wonderful. That's the greatest news I've heard. That you're going to give up? Because as soon as you let go, then Jesus can come take charge. See, God never asked anybody to try to live for him. All he asked you to do is surrender your life to him. And let, he, let him live his life through you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus said, I'm going to go away. Now, this is a mouthful coming from the Lord Jesus. Greater works than you've seen me do. Oh, my goodness. Blinded eyes were opened. The deaf were able to hear. 5,000 people are fed with a little boy's lunch. I mean, let's go down the list. Greater works than you've seen me do, you'll be able to do because I'm going to my Father in heaven and I'm going to sin the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. What is a Spirit-filled church? It's a church that believes in miracles. Guys, could you turn the mic on here? I, I know they're not hearing what I'm saying. I said, a Spirit-filled church is a church that believes in miracles. We believe, 
we believe God's able to do things that we can't do. We believe God's able to do things beyond us. You shall receive ability after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, all over the world. So for a Spirit-filled person to say, well, you know, I just don't know if I could do that. That's just, I'm just, I, I just don't feel, feel worthy. Or really? If the Holy Spirit lives in you and you've been given ability by that Holy Spirit, there is nothing that you can't do that He's called you to do. I don't care what your temperament is. I don't care what your personality is. We already dealt with that because you've been drowned, okay? Now you're free to have the ability of the Holy Spirit to, to direct you and guide you and give you the ability to do things you can't do. That's why it's so important, church. More important today than it has ever been in my lifetime for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're facing all hell out there. We're facing an enemy who's come to kill, steal, and destroy. And I want to tell you, we're not going to be able to defeat that enemy with flesh and blood. We're only going to be able to be victorious through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have missionaries all over the world that, that, that work with other denominations that were not sure that the Holy Spirit was for today when they went to the mission field. We've got Methodists and Baptists and Presbyterian missionaries all over the world that have been filled with the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because they realize they're facing an enemy out there and darkness in countries all over the world that they can't deal with on their own. They need the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And they're being filled with the Spirit all over. You shall receive ability after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Is anybody getting this? So the Holy Spirit wants to baptize all of us to penetrate the fabric of our lives so we don't, we're no longer ruled by Adam. We're no longer ruled by our history. We're no longer ruled by what happened to our daddy four, four times back. Well, you know, everybody in our family's been an alcoholic. Everybody in our family's had a depression. Everybody in our family. Yeah. That's your heritage physically. But the, Jesus says, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to sever the cord of alcoholism in your family. I'm going to sever the cord of drugs in your family. I'm going to sever the cord of alcoholism. I'm going to… I don't care how many in your generation has dealt with depression. It's going to stop right now because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody's going to get this by tomorrow. I'm going to penetrate the fabric of your life. I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And then I'm going to give you ability to do the works of the kingdom of God. The third 
thing we see here in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, is that the Holy Spirit was poured upon them. Peter describes the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as prophesied by Joel, and then in chapter 2, 32 and 33, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this which you see and hear. From God's side, it's poured out. And when you come down to Samaria, Peter and John say, as yet the Holy Spirit hadn't fallen upon them. Later on, Peter will come back to the council in Jerusalem and describe the Holy Spirit fell on them at the house of Cornelius as upon us at the beginning to fall upon us. Poured out describes what happened from God's side. Fallen upon happens from man's side. The word poured out shows the abundance of the resource that God is releasing. He has poured this out. It's the same term that's used when somebody says, I am holy, consumed with my love for you. I'm pouring out my heart toward you because of my love for you. And I thought about that prophecy that the Lord gave through Joel and Peter quotes at Pentecost. He says, it will come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And when you look so closely at the usage of it in the ancient world, what the Lord is saying, I so want to engulf you in my love for you. I'm so entirely committed to you. I want to bathe you in all of my heart and love for you. Will you draw near enough so that I can pour myself into you? Chapter 5 captures the heart of it. Verse 5 says, the love of God has been poured forth into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. The outpouring of God's love for us intended with the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the, the greatest challenge every one of us face is, is learning how to lead us. So your greatest problem is not your husband or your wife. Your greatest problem is not your boss. You're the greatest problem you've got, just so you know. You know who you listen to? The one you talk to the most, and it's you. And what Jesus is saying is, my Holy Spirit has come, and I'm pouring out my love into your life so that you can know that you know that you know that the Lord loves you, that He's committed to you. You know, I grew up in my daddy's church, and, and we knew what God didn't like. We just didn't know what God was like. You know, God don't want you doing this, and God don't want you doing that. God don't want you doing the other, and God don't want you going with girls to do that. I, we, I had that down. I didn't listen to it, but that's what I heard. I was told. I was 19 years of age in a prayer room at college crying out to God because I really didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And God walked into that room that night and he put his arms around me and he said, son, I love you. And I'm committed to you. You see, here was my picture of God. He was up there watching me, and that wasn't a comforting thought. He was watching me because he knew I was going to screw up. And he was ready to zap me and make me a crispy critter and say, yeah, I knew he wasn't going to get there. That's the God I had in my head. But 
but the power of the Holy Spirit revealed a God to me that wasn't the one of my perceptions in my head. It was a God who loved me. I said, it was a God who cared about me. It's a God who was committed to me. I want to say to somebody in this room today, you've been made to feel devalued. You deal with major insecurities in your life. All of us have some kind of insecurities in our lives. You show me a, a person who powers up on people, I'll show you the most insecure person in the room. Insecure people have to keep proving themselves to everybody else. I've seen young ladies do everything in the world to try to gain approval from my earthly father that they never got and try to find it in all the wrong places. I've seen men, grown men, who battle with insecurities in their life, and that's why they, they have to power up on others because they never gained approval from an earthly father. Somebody listen to me right now. That approval is critical to every one of us. You remember when Jesus was baptized before he began his earthly ministry? He came out of the waters of baptism by John. Three things happened. Number one, the heavens were opened to him, the Bible says. An angel, I mean, a dove descended on him representing a the Holy Spirit the angel and the Father spoke from heaven and he said that's my son and I'm proud of him before Jesus ever performed a miracle his father said that's my boy and I approve of him if Jesus needed approval how much more do we need it Pastor Andrew and I had dads who knew how to express love, but tons of us never had somebody express love. And that's why somebody needs to hear from me today that your father, not your father Adam, not the father that gave you a last name, but Father God, through the power of his spirit, wants to pour out his love into your heart this morning and let you know that you're loved. To let you know that you're secure because of him. Is anybody getting this? You're secure because of who he is and he has made you his child. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. You see, it doesn't matter how bad this sermon is today. I'm still good because you don't get to decide my value. Are you hearing me? You don't get to decide my value here. Before I pulled in the parking lot this morning, I already knew my value and he had given it to me. When you know he has approved of you, then you're free to be a servant. Then you're free to do whatever you've been called to do. I don't have to prove anything to anybody here today. It doesn't matter how good the sermon is or bad. I'm still good. You know why? Because I know I'm loved. I know I've been approved. Not by you, but by Him. Because your approval changes from week to week. But His hasn't. 
The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 7, Jesus is standing on the temple steps. Here's what the scripture says. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out. I want you to picture this. He's standing on the temple steps. The last day of the feast, thousands of people have gathered. And Jesus steps out onto those temple steps. And it didn't say he just said this. It didn't say he just kind of murmured this. It says he cried out. The Son of God, he's crying out. If any man thirst, let him come to the waters and drink. For out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. What does Charlotte need? It needs people that have rivers of living water flowing out of them. Rivers of living water flowing out of them. So we know they know who they are. They know who they've been called to be. If that's your heart today, if you say, Ron, I just, I need that, I want that to happen. I want what Jesus promised to be mine today, that out of my innermost being will flow rivers of living water because I know who I am. Would you just join me, stand with me all over the room. Just stand with me everywhere, all over the room. Hallelujah. Rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We're, we're going to sing together and then I'm going to pray for some folks in this room. Would you join the worship team? Let's just lift our voice and like magnify the Lord. Would you exalt the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Just receive what you need today. Come on, lift your hands, church. Let's just begin to worship then. Come on.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're in this room today. You say, Ron, I, I, need, I need the Spirit of God just to penetrate the, the fabric of my life. There's stuff that, that I'm still getting beat up from my past on. There's, there's still things that just haunt me from my past. Maybe it's your growing up years. Maybe it's things that were said and done to you. Maybe it's a divorce. I don't know what it is, but it keeps crippling you from being able to move forward. The Holy Spirit wants to baptize you today. And so the fabric's been penetrated. And you no longer live in that past. But you live filled with the Spirit of God. This cord of depression has been broken. I said the cord of depression is broken. The cord of alcohol and drugs is broken. The cord of of the stuff from the past, of our family heritage, whatever it is. You need to just be baptized today afresh of the Holy, the Holy Spirit. There are those also in this room today, you, you just battle with insecurities, you battle with who you are, and you, you need to experience today the love of God that just overflows into your life today. So you know that you know that you know that He loves you. You know that you know that He has committed Himself to you. Whatever the case is, I, I just really feel like we want to take a moment in agreement and prayer today. You battle with insecurities. You have issues in your life where you need the penetration of the Holy Spirit to change the stuff of your past and wash you clean today. We're going to sing this again. And I'm going to ask you to step out from where you're at. And by stepping out, you're saying, Ron, I'm asking for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit in my life. Fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. We don't have prayer people down here, but we, 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 I'm asking more people than, than we can pray for to come we're going to do this together. You're in this house today. We're going to sing together. Don't you leave this church the way you came today. I said, don't you leave this church the way you came today. The power of the Holy Spirit is here in this room right now to bring deliverance, to bring healing, to bring restoration today. As we sing it, you step out and come right now, and we're going to pray together. We're going to believe together. Come on. You come right now. Come. That's right. Come on. Come on. Come right on. Come on. Come right 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 on. Come on up. Come on up. Come right on up. Come on. Let's go, 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 let's go
invite you right now as we stand wherever we're at in this room, would you just invite the Holy Spirit to just fill you afresh today? It's one thing to say, well, I was filled with the Holy Spirit 10 years ago or five years ago or five months ago. It's something else to say, I'm, a, I'm filled with the Spirit today. I'm empowered by that Spirit today in my life. I'm inviting you to experience a fresh baptism of the Spirit in your own life today. So wherever you're at in the room, would you just lift your hands and say, Lord, just fill me all over again. Just fill me all over again. That's right. Just let it become a prayer right now. Lord, just fill us all over again. As your church, begin, just fill us all over again with the power of your Spirit, Lord. With the power of your Spirit, Lord. With the power of your Spirit. Hallelujah. Just fill us, Lord. Fill us afresh with your Spirit, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 All we need is more of you. Fill us, Lord. We want more of you. Fill us, Lord. Holy Spirit, the helper and the healer. All we need is more of you. We want more of you. Holy Spirit, the truth of understand this is a now this is not about coming up and speaking in tongues that that's something we believe happens we believe that's biblical but the last point is the most important point in pastor Ron's message that the Holy Spirit was sent that love may be poured out upon his people the overwhelming flood of God's love comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen? And I don't want anybody to misunderstand that you are not a qualifier to receive the Holy Spirit. It ain't about you. It's about Him. And the Bible says that He gives good gifts to us when we ask. Amen? So Lord, I pray right now that you would remove any obstacle. 
Let faith arise in this house. Lord, we acknowledge that today you have begun something. And I pray that as we learn more and lean in more and seek you more, I pray that that what happened at the altar today in the lives of these people, that is the beginning of what you're going to do in the lives of every person in this room right now. That as we sit at the lunch table at home, as we go throughout our week, that God, by your power, you're drawing us closer to you. Because Lord, we need you. (laughs) We need you. Like the very breath that we breathe, we need you. This is why God, the Holy Spirit, is called the pneuma, the breath of God. Breathe on us, we pray, that we may be filled, changed forevermore. I pray for every man and woman in this place today, every person in this house. God, please. Don't give up on us. (laughs) And I know you won't. Because Jesus didn't die in vain. He died for you and for me to have eternal life. He sent the Spirit to empower us to walk in freedom. Thank you, Jesus, for making it possible to experience the presence of the living God right now. (laughs) Holy Spirit, have your way. Move in our hearts and our lives. May we see each week throughout this month another life changed, another heart filled, another person walking in the fullness that was described today that is being filled by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. We give you glory and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you thank God for what he's done today? Amen. Amen.